Hello, everyone, and welcome to Riding in Cars with Cats. I'm your host, Mike Tanner. And today I'm going to talk about something that is detrimental to the health, welfare, and well-being of entrepreneurs, especially small business owners, individuals that are starting out in various fields, and that is what's called imposter syndrome. You've, You've probably heard people talk about imposter syndrome before. But I want to sort of define what it is first and talk about why it's so dangerous to an entrepreneur or to a small business owner or to, or to most people in general. Most people who are out on their own running their own business, we're not always out on their own running their own business. In most cases, they worked in a field and procured some knowledge, some experience, those sorts of things. And then eventually they decided that they thought they were good enough to make it on their own. But one of the strange psychological effects that tends to happen as soon as you do that. So you you sort of put together this this experience, this skill set, all this knowledge, and you go, yes, I can do this. And then immediately, as soon as you start doing it, your next reaction is, oh, shit, maybe I can't. And so imposter syndrome is when you suddenly feel like, Am I like, am I actually someone who should be leading this or showing this or teaching this? Do I really have the skill set that's required to, to make this happen, to make this work, to make this, you know, function? And the reason it's so detrimental to small business owners, entrepreneurs is because in a lot of cases, the confidence in the beginning, especially that drive that knowledge that you're doing something exceptional can can very well be what keeps you going. Because otherwise, you often feel like, maybe I'm not actually worthy of this. And, and there's no just job provided to you. You don't just show up to work and get your paycheck. Uh, you really have to be the driving force behind your business. Otherwise, you know, it will absolutely fail. And so imposter syndrome makes it very difficult for you to market yourself, sell yourself, price yourself effectively. That's one of the one of the biggest places that imposter syndrome sort of rears its ugly head is is this really how much I should be charging for this? When I first started, I kind of thought about this the same way I thought about a previous business, which was I will say I made like 17 bucks an hour at that old job. So that's probably what you should charge, right? Well, no, they had expenses and so do you. So I should be charging a lot more than that. And then I sort of switched from thinking, you know, the original thought was like, oh my God, I can't believe like the first time I ever sent an invoice or a a proposal to a client, I was like, they're going to laugh at me. Like they're going to throw this right back at me. And the response was actually, you're not charging enough. They had dealt with people in this industry before. They saw the work I was capable of doing and basically said, you're not charging enough for what you're actually doing. The service you're providing is worth more than this. Your service is worth more than this. And so I sort of started to think about like, oh, maybe I am worth a little bit more. Maybe I could, you know, maybe I could bill out a little more. So it covers all those expenses. And then I made a second shift, which was, wait, wait, it's not, it's not about what I need. It's not about the resources that this provides me. It's not about me just making sure that the expenses are covered. 
It's the value that I'm able to provide as part of this. And that was a huge shift in moving away from imposter syndrome, which was to really start to think to myself, like, you know how much value you bring to individuals. Why are you pretending that you're not worth this much? And that was a huge shift in my understanding of what I should be charging. And when I was able to actually make that, uh, make that decision and sort of think about things in that way, then I was able to, to really take control of the financials of what I was doing. So this was a process that for me took a, a very, very long time. Um, this was not an overnight thing. This was not something where I, you know, I woke up on Tuesday and I wasn't worth it or I didn't think I was worth it. And then I woke up on Wednesday and suddenly I was. This was a process that actually took probably the first couple of the first few years of my career of this new career that I had built were actually spent trying to figure out if I was good enough, smart enough. And gosh darn it, if people liked me enough to be able to charge uh, what I felt I was you know, valuable what I felt I was valued at for the services I was providing. And I see this with a lot of people where they're just not sure. Like when I, I've gotten quotes from people for different services and I've immediately been like, dude, you're, that's, you're way under what you should be charging. And I think it's, I think one of the things that's really great about the entrepreneurial community is that they're supportive in that, you know, no one really takes advantage of that aspect. I just started working on a content project that was a little bit unlike any projects I had previously taken on uh, in terms of the scope and specific features of the project. They were some things I really hadn't done before, and I really wasn't sure how to scope out the project from a price perspective. So I asked. I actually went to the person who was subcontracting me to work someone I respect immensely and is incredibly talented uh, and is a great local entrepreneur. And I basically said, hey, I don't know how much I should charge for this. What do you think? And they said, you know, instead of saying like, oh, my God, you're an amateur. Like, you don't know what to charge for this. You should know what to charge for this. They just said, oh, you know what? I appreciate the transparency. Here's what I sort of thought would make a fair budget. Do you think that works? I think it should be somewhere in this range. What do you think? I picked a number that was in that range. The truth is that the number I picked was a little bit higher than I originally would have quoted because I spent a lot of time still trying to earn work rather than go on the fact that I've proved myself with some work. And so that's one of the things that's a real challenge for us, I think, is Entrepreneurs are good at the things that they do. Understanding exactly what the value is of those things is really difficult to measure. I've also dealt with people who way overestimate what that work is really valuable, valued at. And it can be super challenging. But the second part of this, and I sort of lied at the beginning, because this isn't, this is about the great threat of the imposter syndrome, but it's actually about the flip side of it. This is about the great threat of people who don't seem to have that. And here's what I mean by that. There is a generation of individuals 
And I hate to be the old man yelling at clouds here, but there is a generation of individuals who think that because they've read a little bit or studied a little bit or done a little bit or whatever, they're an expert and they are owed. I, I see a lot of people, you know, talking about the various things they're offering. I saw someone the other day online offering a, a social media course online, including advertising. It was one of the shittiest ads I've ever seen. And you start to think to yourself, like, do you have any idea what you're doing? Like, have you, have you ever taken a second to say, is this actually valuable? Or do you just talk out of your ass on this? I've recently talked about talking out of your ass. And so I know this is something that you're expecting from me at this point. But have some humility as well. Because frauds get found out. And I mean that honestly. Frauds get found out. I'm serious. Be a fraud, get found out. When I have worked with individuals who I, I realize do not have that skill set that they have explained to me that they have, I'm done with them. I will never work with those people again. If I work with someone and they say, you know what? I don't really have that skill set. I'll follow up with trying to figure out what skill sets they do have that will allow us to build some sort of partnership. I'll help foster some of those skills wherever possible. But someone who has some humility is someone I want to work with. Don't tell me you can do something incredible when you can't. Don't tell me you're great at something that you're good at. Don't tell me you're good at something that you suck at. And don't try and sell me something if you can't do it yourself. You know, don't sell me. Yeah, a prime example. And this is actually partly why I thought about this. I just wrote a book and that I'm just about to put out for sale on personal productivity. It's a book that describes a route, a path, a method that I believe is an effective way for individuals to go about being more productive. I wrote that book because over this last six years, I've built a reputation for myself within my field, within my community, and within my industry. I've helped grow several conferences, several professional conferences, where people in my field and in other fields have been able to create this great sense of community. And I've done that part-time while I'm raising my kids. I was home full-time with my son until he started a couple mornings a week in preschool when he was three. And then after that, I was home with him the rest of the time until he went to school. I still get him after school. I still pick him up at all these different times. You know, I'm still the one who takes him to all his appointments and his this and that and all these sorts of things. I'm still the one who's doing those things with him. So I feel pretty comfortable that when I have come up with a method that has worked for not only myself, but also for clients, I feel pretty damn comfortable coming out and trying to sell that as a book. Now, how much I sell that for changes. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to gauge that still at this point. And how much I sell that service for, but I know that there's value in that. But when I see people who don't know what they're talking about in an industry, 
come out and try and tell you what you need to know about that industry, it kills me. If I had it my way, here's what I would really love for people to do. I would love for people to learn a couple of phrases, a couple of phrases that I think are incredibly important and will save people a lot of face long term. So the first phrase that I'd like you to try and master, it's not complicated. You should have been saying it most of your life. If you haven't been, it's because you're, you're just, if you haven't been, it's a bad thing. So here's the phrase I'd like you to practice. I don't know. I don't know is the best phrase you're ever going to learn to say. And it's even better if you follow it up with a second phrase, which is, but I'll go find out. If you can master saying, I don't know, but I'll go find out. You are boldly ahead of the game. You're ahead of all of the people who try and give you an answer on a topic they don't know anything about. I have for years used this as basically my go-to sentence because I'm often asked questions that I don't know the answer to. And I will not give an answer if I don't, if I don't know it. I, I just won't. One of the other things I would really recommend people learn to say as a phrase is the following. I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. Try, try and do that. Try and start saying, I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. Because what that means is I'm conscious, I'm around, I'm in the world, but I don't pretend to know everything. And I think that that's a very important thing for people to try to connect with. I think that in the end, if I had a sort of closing point, and, and maybe I don't, maybe this has seemed like one big long ramble. But the biggest thing that I think is the fundamental problem behind this whole concept is that people are in a rush. People are in a rush to succeed. People are in a rush to be seen as succeeding. And I think if people took their time and weren't in a rush, they would start to sort of think like, okay, well, how can I long-term succeed in this? Like, am I going to make a million dollars tomorrow or am I going to make a hundred million dollars over the next, um, you know, 10 years? And maybe you're not going to do any of those things. And I'm not suggesting that you have to. I don't believe that 10 xing your financial situation is the be all and end all, but my sort of closing comments to you would be this. Take it slow and make sure you know what you're talking about before you start talking. And with that, thank you for joining Riding in Cars with Cats. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please reach out. Mike at OneRedCat.com. Also uh, at OneRedCatMedia on just about every platform. Have yourself a great night. <laughs>